and Scott Dahl. He is the Springfield Visitors and Convention Bureau Director. Scott, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Uh, and this is actually a pretty big deal. Uh, I haven't seen this level of planning uh, for for this type of effort in, in quite some time. So uh, tell us what goes behind this and, and what we're going to be uh, hearing about come Tuesday. Well, Greg, Chris, happy Monday. Um, yeah, just like the December 21st Christmas star, it seems like the planets are aligning. Uh, we've got you know, broad support from Mayor Langfelder, uh, as you just heard, uh, the city council uh, led by Alderwoman Kristen DeCenso. We've got seven business groups in the area. And for tourism, uh, we've been looking for that trifecta, that, that third market, uh, and, and to complement uh, conventions and our leisure, Lincoln, Route 66, and we believe sports tourism is it. So what's going to be in front of uh, the city council uh, come Tuesday for first reading? Uh, and uh, how, how big of a project is this? Well, uh, the legal teams are, are dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And so, you know, I'll stay in my lane and, and, and see what, you know, comes out uh, on the agenda. But, you know, what, what we've been talking about uh, is a 1% uh, hotel tax, which is fully endorsed by the Springfield Hotel Lodging Association. Primarily because, you know, SFA uh, anticipates it'll generate 65,000 room nights a year, about $25 million in, in economic impact. Um, we're looking at an extension of the business district at Legacy uh, Point that's already there. Uh, we're looking at just an extension from 2032 to 2043. Uh, that 1% is already there. Uh, it doesn't affect uh, Springfield as a whole. So if you shop or if you eat it ingrained or uh, in that area, uh, certainly the 1% there, but it's been there, right, for 10 years or so. Um, we're looking at uh, property tax abatement just on the city side. Um, there's other entities that will go along with that. So that's what we're anticipating. But, again, we, we really need the legal teams to, to come out with the final version. So the hotel-motel tax, uh, that, that 1%, that would be an increase just for the Parkway Point area or for citywide? No, citywide. So we would go from 13 to 14 uh, percent total, and not the uh, legacy 6%. point. I, I, I meant legacy point, not Parkway point. But yeah, okay, yeah. So it is yeah. going to be it is going to be citywide the one percent increase. It, it will be, and uh, you know that that'll that'll bring us up to eight percent for the city uh, portion, and then six percent at the state. Uh, that's similar to what other areas around us are at. That doesn't make us non-competitive, uh, so we can't absorb that that one percent and to put it towards uh, a project that are create 65,000 room nights annually is certainly worth it. And notably, you know, creates a, a lot of wins for the city. Uh, the city, you know, gets a complex that will produce that five to $600 million over the next 20 years. Uh, the developer, Legacy Point, it makes the ground around the complex more valuable. To me personally, I see that as a loss leader. Kind of like you would go into a grocery store and they have a gallon of milk for a dollar. You probably don't walk out just spending a dollar. It's a similar thing for the developer. It makes that ground around the sports complex very valuable. We have local labor is going to get a big win. They're going to construct the facility. The travel industry, as I mentioned earlier, huge win. The 65,000 room nights annually, the 600 million in impact. And I think the community gets a big win. Local student athletes will practice and play on a world-class sports facilities. They'll have home court advantage and compete against 
the best athletes across the country. We're talking with Scott Dahlm. He is the Springfield Visitors and Convention Bureau Chief here on the WMAY Morning News Feed and uh, a new sports complex proposal in the pipeline. Uh, and it's uh, rather large. Uh, we're looking at, uh, of course, the uh, the Legacy Point area being with Shields as the uh, the footprint. Uh, that's a big sports uh, uh, outlet, uh, big sports retailer. Uh, but, uh, Scott, of course, there's going to be a lot of discussion about this moving forward. As you mentioned, uh, labor is going to be part of that, uh, uh, the local labor community. Uh, so I'd imagine that uh, they're going to have uh, more to say as well uh, moving forward. Uh, but uh, Chris Murphy's got a question. Yeah, Scott, I was just asking, you know, set up with the council, do you, do you see any, what do you see are the drawbacks and what are you guys, guys going to have to, uh, you know, c- convince Alderman to go along with this plan or do you see this as pretty much a slam dunk? I wouldn't call it sports pun intended. Uh, (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Or a home run or a home run, either one. Um, I think there's broad support. Uh, I think the conversations we've had uh, with council members, there there is broad support. I'm sure there will be questions. Um, I think the the 1% having it fully endorsed by the hotel community, they know what this is worth. Again, adding to uh, the sports tourism market, adding what we already have on the leisure and the convention side uh, really makes a triangle that's unbreakable for us. So there is broad support right now. Yeah, and, and, and we just got off the phone with Mayor Andy in, in Jacksonville talking about the impact that their field, which is a much smaller scale project than the one that's being proposed here, uh, what kind of an impact that's had on Jacksonville. So I imagine that the, this won't be that tough of a sell when you've got uh, the entire hotel industry behind it charging more for the, the customers for room rates just to pay for this. Is labor, um, are they, the local labor community, have they signed off on supporting this? I think the, that's part of the legal teams and what they're working with right now. The intent is to have local labor construct the facility. Uh, you know, I, I, I think they'll certainly uh, be in at least 95% of the construction. Uh, I mean, the developers have broad support for local labor, and, you know, they want to include them. So, yeah, I think that, you know, and to get back to Jacksonville, uh, you know, Mayor has a exactly right he validated it what it brings to the hotels what it brings to the community but i think a, a, an important point is that this sports complex we're really going to go after sports tourism or national events we won't compete against the the, the local facilities we'll complement them now there may be some competition with jacksonville with some of the tournaments they have possibly um but we're really looking at the, the broad scale national events for sports tourism uh, that would be on the weekends, Thursday through Saturday, and then it would be a community asset during the week, the weekdays, Sunday through Wednesday. We're talking basketball. We're talking indoor volleyball. Uh, we're talking uh, softball, baseball, a uh, whole variety of different sports. What other types of sports do you think could uh, uh, possibly evolve out of this? And I'm, I'm talking about some of the more, you know, not necessarily non-traditional, but like, uh, you know, b- 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 firearm uh, competitions or, uh, you know, skateboard <laughs> competitions. Is there is there an appetite, you think, to expand it beyond some of the more traditional type of sports? Yeah, absolutely. There'll be 10 to 12 multi-purpose fields. Uh, I believe six to eight diamonds. Uh, and we have the indoor component as well, which I think is very unique. So absolutely great. It's, we've got an opportunity with the multi-purpose fields to go from lacrosse to, you're right, um, archery to, you know, a shooting complex, you name it. I think there's, you know, it, everything's on the table at this point. 
but it will be multi-purpose and it will be world-class. I think that's uh, the other bottom line is that, you know, we'll have a facility uh, in Springfield, uh, unlike anything else in the state. We're talking with Scott Dahl. He is the Springfield Visitors and Convention Bureau Chief here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. So what's the timeline here uh, for, uh, you know, shovel in the ground and uh, first uh, basket made? Well, ideally, we we get the incentives passed. That gets us to the starting line. And then the, uh, the developers, like Z-Coin, uh, have to put the private side together. I think another important point is that the, the city won't bond out anything. It'll be on the developers. So, for example... The 1% hotel tax, that's used for the bonds. The developers will issue the bonds. The developers will have liabilities for the bonds. So let's say in a given year there's a shortfall in that bond. That's on the developer. So they've got to put that together. They have to put the private side together. I think they've been working on that, from my understanding. Uh, We know that Shields will play a major role, whatever that looks like. But we know. And let me tell you. If we didn't have Shields, this project wouldn't go forward. I mean, we're so fortunate to have Shields and have an anchor like that in Springfield. So, you know, there's a whole private side. The developers are, are looking at six to eight months for that. Obviously, they've got to get the construction financing in place. And then it really needs to come back to the city council. And then at that point, uh, shovels in the dirt could be mid to late 2021. And then we're looking at 18 months after that. For construction. Well, we'll definitely uh, um, keep close and uh, get any updates that we can as we see this progress through the city council and all of the various pieces fall into place. Uh, so greatly appreciate you taking uh, taking time to lay this out there for us. But uh, the bottom line is uh, there there will be incentives. There there will be a hotel motel tax increase. But uh, I don't know many Springfield residents who actually <laughs> go and stay <laughs> inside Springfield hotels. So they're not necessarily the ones that are going to be paying for that, right? Yeah, unless you stay in a hotel, you you won't be you will not be contributing uh, to the sports complex, and or when you shop at Legacy Point, which a lot of Springfield residents choose to do, uh, which is great. We want them to, but unless you choose to shop or dine at Legacy Point uh, or stay in a hotel, you will not be impacted. Springfield residents will not be impacted. I think that's an exciting thing because remember, ninety percent of these are municipality owned, where we have cities and counties issuing bonds. They're taking on the liability. We have a formula, a template here that that's not the case. Springfield will only benefit down the road. Scott, thanks again, uh, and we'll uh, we'll touch base on this and other issues. Of course, uh, we just talked with you on Friday after the developing news of uh, of the Wyndham <laughs> City Center uh, downtown uh, and the announcement there. But uh, we'll we'll have to connect again to talk about uh, tourism and and uh, conventions whenever we get back to some sense of normalcy following the uh, the vaccine and when we can anticipate actually having uh, conventions back here in the city of Springfield. Because I know that's a major. Uh, we're talking tens of millions of dollars of economic activity uh, that the the city of Springfield. Has has not been able to capture. Absolutely. All right, Scott Dahl, uh, Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau Director. Again, uh, have a great day, and we'll talk soon. Have a great week. Thanks, guys.